Hello, welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, September 28th, 2012. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shape. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, what went on in the Dallas Biodome? Highlights of the iPhone announcement from 2007. I redesigned my site live out of sheer embarrassment. And then we get all Thule on your ass. Text editors, CSS preprocessors, lightweight blogging engines, and whatever code kit is. What is that thing? It's like a workbench or something. Please stand by. The Niche Podcast is next. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, not bad. How are you? Um, good. Really good. A little scrambled. Yeah, I just got back from Dallas. Yep. Yeah, got back last night. A couple, couple of flight delays, but nothing big. So I got to bed around 2, which is, all things considered, a little early. I started to say, that's, that's kind of early for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've actually been hitting, hitting the bed about 1, 1.30 lately. Wow. What are we getting old? I I don't know. Yeah, it's like going to bed really early now, <laughs> one thirty <laughs> in the morning, getting up around eight. So, jeez. Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess it can't last forever. No, I'm 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 no, I'm sure I'll be back to four o'clock in the morning soon. <laughs> Is it the change of seasons, perhaps? Uh it could be the fact that it's getting dark so much earlier. Exactly. And we get a little bit of a different household schedule, it seems like. Cause the, the, I don't know what it is. Not just the, it's like it's getting dark earlier, but it's also the temperature and just, you know, you're inside sooner and having dinner earlier and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and here, you know, with Kira back in school and settle, settling into to school good and proper and having more homework to do and that kind of thing too. So, mm-hmm. affects the schedule as well. Definitely. Well, we're actually starting relatively on time today, so maybe it's uh, we've just time shifted everything. <laughs> yeah, getting ready. We'll be back for... to ten. We'll be back to ten o'clock soon. <laughs> Don't count on it. But I, I, who knows when the when the time when the clocks change? What is that? November, early November, they change. Ah, uh, I don't remember. Fall back. So it was later than it used to be. Oh, don't! Oh my God, I hate that. I so yeah. like of all the things. I don't want to get political, but if if uh, if I loved George W. Bush, that love would have been destroyed when he changed daylight savings time. Yeah. Now my now my kid has to stand outside in the dark at the bus stop. Yeah, and when you go out for Halloween, it's daylight. Yeah. That drives me crazy. It should they it should have the uh, the clocks should change back before Halloween so that you can go out trick or treating in the dark without it being ten at night. Yes, exactly. Ah, uh, drives me crazy. Oh well. So I have I have to say last year, um, the the having the daylight last year was it was the first Halloween where I didn't like at least fall down and injure myself at least once in the dark. <laughs> so. Yeah, it it just Halloween is probably my it was definitely my favorite holiday growing up even better. Than, oh yeah. Better than Christmas, it was like. Yeah, it's my favorite holiday too. Yeah, and and to be opening the door and having kids standing there in broad daylight, it just feels so wrong. Yeah. So when I yeah I, I remember fond, fond memories of running around in the dark on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, think about that. We used to stay out until midnight. Yeah. Like easily at least ten p.m. Easy, and we'd just be like not with parents either. We'd just be loose. Right. Why just a gang of you would just go running around? Yeah. So cool. Oh well. And then one rumored razor blade apple was all over. <laughs> so, well, bike helmets, too. I think they came the same year. <laughs> Maybe so, yeah. Wow. Well, well, so, I'm just, like I said, I'm just sort of scrambling, getting back from uh, BD Comp, which I have to tell you was totally awesome. Yeah, it, it sounded like you were having fun. It was a blast. And it was, uh, it's, and it's almost. I mean, like, I could tell you some things that were very cool about it, but I don't know if it would really translate, but uh, I'll try. Okay. (laughs) 
So first of all, it's a single track conference, which I think has pros and cons, but, um, but ultimately I liked it better than mm-hmm. something that has multiple tracks. So if you think of like, um, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like, like South by is not even, is like the polar other end of the spectrum is massive. Oh, yeah, it's thing. huge. And you spend all your time in between, um, you spend all your time in between the uh, sessions being like, well, what did you go see? Well, what did you go see? And what happened there? And then where are you going next? And, and it's on the one hand, I suppose it's kind of cool later, like at night when people can sit around and sort of, you know, like, oh, and, and, you know, this speaker talked about this and people can kind of exchange notes from the stuff that they missed. Right. But in my experience, it doesn't really translate very well. And it really turns into like uh, people just talking about how good or bad the speakers were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've been to a million conferences. So, you know, it's like uh, I think I think that the conversation that that a multi-track conference can inspire um, in practice I don't think it's really any more than the conversations that got inspired to BD conference. I think this is, I think it's the first time I've been to a conference that was single track and I don't know, it was a little bit more, it had more of a community feel. You could see it on Twitter and you know, in person cause everybody, you know, everybody had to be at the next thing at 1115 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can certainly see that. And there was certainly no shortage of discussion around the talks or anything like that. It was, everybody was just really engaged in, uh, great speakers, uh, great attendees. It was really good. Cool. Yeah. And as a speaker, I can tell you that it was the most, uh, it was the best organized and speaker friendly conference out there, possibly, possibly tied with the web directions ones. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Web directions is just absolutely great to speakers and they put on great shows and, uh, BD conf was just as good it's much smaller of course but um it was really really good the other one i love is brooklyn beta but that's sort of a special rarefied kind of it's not really a conference but so wow super fun though and lots of good topics the the um it feels like uh all the speakers were kind of on the same page so they'd be talking about um you know it was all like breaking developments like the future of web development obviously that's hugely about mobile right and it's getting getting away from just everything html yeah everything everything in a browser right so there was yeah there was some it was very there was some of that but it was very browser centric it was very like Mm -hmm. um there were talks that were like really specifically about css and other talks about um specifically about um you know, user interface design for mobile. So it's like a lot of CSS stuff. Not so much. I didn't see any JavaScript really. It was mostly about responsive web design topics. Mm-hmm. And um, and Brad Frost gave this unbelievable talk uh, called Presidential Smackdown or something like that. It was it was about he compared the two um, the you know U.S. presidential candidate mobile sites. Uh, cause he figured it'd be like a good AB, you know, two different, yeah. two different organizations trying to do the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And, uh, and to compare their sites, it was, it was, first of all, he is such a fun speaker to watch. He's, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen or know who Brad Frost is even, but, uh, I've, I've read some of his articles. I've looked at some of the slide decks. In fact, I was looking at one just yesterday, but I've never seen him actually the videos or in person or anything yeah i i this was the first time i had seen him live and i had never seen a video either but he's just so much fun wicked funny and the slides are just uh, amazing he's a really good designer on top of it so you know the the jealousy level is high (laughs) (laughs) but he it was like you could do you could do like an entire book chapter on 10 of it like he had at least 10 slides that you could do an entire book chapter just on the one slide you know it was crazy good so if anybody if dear listener if you get a chance to see brad frost definitely do it so that was really fun cool but there were tons of great talks karen mcgrain and uh, liza danger gardner and uh someone named bellen uh, i'm not gonna be able to remember her last name bellen um crap i'm sure her last name that wasn't her last name <laughs> No, it had more of a ring to it than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she did. She did a cool talk on um, fragmentation in the mobile uh, 
space and she mm-hmm. normally and I thought like when she came up and she started talking about it I was like oh you know I'm, this is going to be it'd be interesting to see because I do the same t- similar topic all the time which yeah. is like device and browser fragmentation or diversity depending on if you think it's a good or a bad thing yeah and she broke it into three types of fragmentation which I found really interesting and in fact is is uh, smart so she broke it into um, hardware fragmentation mm-hmm. and uh, and like development fragmentation and then a third thing which was design fragmentation hmm. yeah and it made sense because that because yeah. I usually lump software like I usually say platform and device fragmentation meaning like the OS and the hardware right and her her split is much better because uh, when I talk about platform fragmentation i'm really only talking about um the like development environment and the soft like the the developer stuff but for designers that doesn't really tell the whole story for designers and she did this really cool breakdown of um of the uh all the sort of major interface elements across a bunch of platforms blackberry uh, obviously iOS and Android, different versions of, of Android. So she was talking about like gingerbread ice cream sandwich, jelly bean, and, mm-hmm. and looking at things like um, the back button, tabs, uh, uh, the, you know, stuff like that. And in fact, while she did, she did um, you know, I guess illustrate that there's a ton of device and software development fragmentation, there really is hardly any design fragmentation. Like pretty much everybody has, yeah, basically everybody has tabs. They look a little yeah. different cosmetically, but it's the same concept. Every, right. Everybody's got a back button. Everybody does buttons like this. Everybody does menus like that. Everybody puts the, you know, this button at the top right. It's, and it's, it was really, it was cool. You know, it was like, she would put them all side by side and she broke it into um, different aspects of the design, the uh, UX but it was very, very good. It was a really cool point. Yeah, that's interesting to see. That kind of, I mean, like you said, they all they all look very different. So that's not really something you think about. But in terms of the the function of and and you know the functionality that's there, it's kind of nice to see that that sort of consistency. Yeah. Yep. Someone in the in the audience raised an interesting point, which is that you know I, I think it was I don't know if it was her or someone in the audience, but but the the um, that the metaphors, all the metaphors that she went through were essentially lifted straight from the desktop, mm-hmm. you know, tabs especially, you know. So it's like it's like, yeah, that's what the metaphors are now because that's what we're familiar with from desktop computing. But you know, they'll probably start to, we'll probably start to get new ones, and they'll presumably diverge. But I don't know, who knows? Yeah, they'll they'll evolve over time. Yeah. So the question is, will they evolve? Will they, you know, evolve away from each other, and we'll end up with like a brontosaurus and a pterodactyl, or <laughs> yeah. will it be a brontosaurus and a triceratops? Yeah. Can you tell I've been uh, playing dinosaurs since I got back? Yeah, I just started saying you've been playing dinosaurs with Cooper. Exactly. I'm a triceratops, yeah. according to of him. course. So her name is Belen Barros Pena. So I apologize, Belen, for not remembering your last name. But I will now. So great talk. Hopefully, um, hopefully all these dudes will put slides up, dudes and dudettes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a central location for that or not. But no. check in the BD. It's bdconf.com, and uh, they're really, really good about um, tweeting out links and whatnot. So if you go to bdconf on Twitter, you probably find some more information about that. We can put things in the show notes. So that was fun. Nice. I'm I'm jealous. It sounds like a sounds like it was a great conference to be at. Yeah, yeah. It was in the it was in the um the Gaylord Texan. So there goes our PG thirteen rating. <laughs> but, but uh it's a it was like a a imagine the imagine the hotel is roughly like a you know, it's like a huge donut with a atrium in the middle, a gigantic yeah. atrium in the middle, but it has a roof. Mm. Like a uh but it's glass. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was like the biodome. Yeah, like you were you were in the donut hole. Yeah, yeah. 
And so you'd be at like in a restaurant inside of the, the biodome and you'd yeah. be out in the balcony. It'd be open air and there's fountains outside down on the ground cool. and trees and stuff. And you're like, I thought, you know, I actually said, I thought it was going to be a lot warmer. I checked the weather before I got here and they're like, dude, you're not outside. <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah I forgot so anyway so my talk went over pretty well um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say I was up super did you, well. did you do the earphone thing I did not do the earphone thing I it, what ended up was uh, what ended up happening was I was having a really hard time like boiling everything down and like I had a million points it's like I collected 2000 puzzle pieces but they weren't all from the same puzzle you know yeah and so they i'm trying to put them together into a narrative and it was really not working and and so i was like i just have to cut out a bunch of stuff and because i was trying to make like four points i think yeah and uh, so i cut out a bunch of stuff and i really just made one point which is that um um our the the big difference between i don't think i talked about this last week the big difference between like the since day one of computing let's say let's just say that was the 60s up until 2007 there was one computing posture and that was sitting down using two hands and then as soon as the iphone came out we started standing up using one hand which that's the huge change is that the, the and we had you know we had smartphones before the iphone but the mobile web experience was so bad that it was it was just easier to wait till you got back to your desk to do any significant web browsing. Yeah. You know, you're like, I want to go online, but it's just not by the time I get on there, I could be home or I could I could, you know, get up from my couch and go over to my computer. You yeah. know, it's just way easier. But then the, the this just sort of amazing ease of use from the iPhone flipped that balance. So it was like, oh, I don't. I don't really need to wait. I don't really need to get up and go over to the desktop. I can yeah, just I can, do it right I can here. Lay in, I can lay in bed in the morning and pull up the phone and check and see if there's any school closings without having to get out of bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just nice. Significant difference. Um, so that, so, and, and then I'm like, okay, in my, I was, I kicked off the conference. So the idea was normally I do technical stuff and live coding, but this, in this case, I just wanted to like expand people's thinking as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's about the future. So what's going to happen in the future? And my, uh, and I, I basically said, I don't know what the tech is going to look like, but I know that what the posture is going to be and the posture is going to be hands-free, eyes-free. So yeah, it's going to be way more integrated. Yeah. We're not going to be offline ever. So, you know, what does that look like? It probably looks like, um, you know, ear pods with no wires. It probably looks like Google glass. Yeah, but it's going to be hands free, and and I and my I I don't buy I don't buy visual augmented reality ever catching on. I think we'll at least in the the ways that we've seen it, it'll cert, it's a gimmick on a phone, but it's at least yeah. a nice proof of concept. I don't know about Google Glass if that's I need to I need to experience that, but the the problem with Google Glass and the reason I think it won't catch on is for the social reasons mm-hmm. that you, people will see you looking at it while you're supposed to be looking at them. You know, like yeah, having yeah. a conversation with someone, you keep looking up at the corner <laughs> of the screen. So I don't know, maybe it'll be amazing and it'll be truly overlaid on our vision, integrated uh, in a way that um, is not That's socially probably. awkward. Mm-hmm. But I think it's much more likely that it'll be a, a headphone or bone induction type of of audio signal that yeah. augments our, our surroundings. Yeah, I I feel like there's there's probably going to be an awkward phase where things, you know, where things are kind of kind of awkward and clunky for a while, and just like anything, it'll just get refined and over time. Yep. But the, so the thing is, I think for it to get like massive iPhone style adoption, it, mm-hmm. it needs to be there. It needs to be like good enough out of the gate. Otherwise, it's going to be. You know, it's just going to get a bad rap and people are yeah. going to write it off. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, people, people, people aren't going to wear things that make them look like a dork. Right. <laughs> and they're not going to buy things that don't work. So <laughs> that's just, I can, there's no argument there. <laughs> so I was, you know, anyway, it, it, it was pretty well received, I think. And it was the first time I did video inside of a, a PowerPoint or a keynote mm. presentation. Mm-hmm. I got to do what, that more often. You just, what video did you use? Um, I did two videos. I did. Um, uh, I took the Steve Jobs iPhone Seven, uh, iPhone 2007 announcement of the iPhone One, the silverback. 
mm-hmm. and I edited out. I you know it was like an hour and a half long, and I uh, I went through and I pulled out um, every point where the crowd audibly gasped, and uh, and then I would like back up you know thirty seconds from there, and so I was yeah. going through and I picked all all the points that you know people were like basically like oh my god you know yeah <laughs> and uh and it was about a three and a half minute video and it was just like one thing after another where he's like you know the, the first one is uh is that he just the first one is that he just announces that you know this new because he's i don't know if you remember but he starts off and he's saying today we're going to announce a new ipod and today we're going to announce yeah. a new internet communicator and today we're going to announce a new phone and then he's yeah. you know and then he goes and they're all one device and everybody loses yeah. their mind <laughs> Yeah, because in 2007 we all had in our pocket an iPhone, uh, uh, maybe or, maybe even yeah, still phone. a beeper, maybe two cell phones. You know, it was like it was yeah. it was gadget hell, and everyone was like, "God, I wish I could just pick one of these." Yeah. So that was huge, and people, I I mean, there's so many things about this video that I forget how revolutionary they were. So when you watch it, it's like, oh yeah, we used to have to carry on a million devices, and we'd come home and charge them all up, and cam we'd have a camera with us. Uh, and then the the next big one, which is hilarious, is when he finally goes to demo the real phone. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, wakes it from sleep. And he goes, and to unlock it, watch this. To unlock it, you just slide your finger across. And the crowd goes, wow. You know, huge <laughs> applause. You do that like a, a thousand times a day now. Yeah, never a thousand even times think about a day. It. Yeah, it's just the simplest interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next big one is when he shows the iPod and he's like, now here, you know, Steve Jobs, he's like, now here's your, here's your list of artists. Now, how am I going to scroll this list of artists? You know, you just flick yeah. it with, and he flicks it with his finger and everyone loses their minds. <laughs> like seriously, the crowd starts cheering so hard that you get goosebumps every time you listen to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he later he like changes the, to landscape orientation and the screen refreshes and everyone flips. It, it just was on and on. The biggest cheer in the whole video, though, is when he merges two phone calls with by just by touching a button. Mm, yeah. Which sounds so funny to me now because who does that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever done that on the No, I never have. Compared to unlocking the screen. So the whole point of that was to to remind people like just how amazing that thing was when it came out, and uh, and. And the point, the point I was trying to make is, so if you extrapolate that into the future, the new thing is not going to be NFC. Like, it's not going to be, the revolution isn't going to be NFC in an existing smartphone. The revelation is going to be like, it's going to be like something you couldn't have even imagined the day before. So it's not going to be some incremental improvement to a smartphone. Like, you know, like, oh, now it, now it has a curved screen or now it's bendable or yeah. now the battery life is, you know, 24 days. I mean, now now it's a chip in the side in the, in the side of your skull. Exactly, it has to take us to the next posture before it becomes like mm-hmm. a, a holy crap. So that's anyway. That was the thinking, and people and people asked some like really good questions. I don't think I think most people bought it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I didn't want it to be too sci-fi because then yeah. they could just say like, oh, I don't have to worry about this. Like this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and the other video I showed was the. Um, that site systems uh, art student project, mm-hmm. the guy with the uh, smart contact lenses overlaying, you know, augmented reality, and mm-hmm. and I said to the crowd, I was like, I don't I don't believe that contact lenses like this will ever exist because by the time we have technology to make contact lenses like this, we'll just be able to talk directly to the retina, like to the optic nerve. There won't be any reason yeah. to put a contact lens in your eye. Yeah. So you know, I think that's like decades off, if, if ever. But the but the the cool part of the video is the the postures like they're computing sitting down having dinner they're you know he's like laying on his floor imagining playing a game like skydiving yeah yeah his whole apartment is is like white walls and he just can see stuff that's there. decorated however you want to decorate it right so so that was pretty cool and I was surprised a lot I thought a lot more people would um would have seen that but I guess not. Mm. Oh, hang on. Eric is texting me. Wait a second. She's she's asking if um, she should upgrade her phone OS. She's been trying not to upgrade to iOS 6. Uh, not if she wants to keep her battery. 
Oh, you're having problems with it? I'm having, I had horrible battery life after the iOS 6 upgrade. And which hardware do you have? Uh, I have, have an iPhone 4S. Yeah, that's what she has too. She goes, okay, I might, I might be at my limit for seeing the red bubble of updates for this phone. Because <laughs> all the, you know, all the apps are updated, but she, you know, but, yeah. but they're for iOS 6, so she can't install them. Yeah, that, I wish there was some way to just like ignore an update so you don't have that little badge in the corner of the icon every time. Yeah. Because it's really hard to ignore. Yeah, it's super. Like I'm, I'm like uh, pretty fastidious about keeping all my badges gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they're. I mean, Apple's pushy. Yeah, I have. I have. T- uh, I have a little badge in my email right now that says two on my phone, and I just. I've been not turning the phone on because I don't want to read those emails right now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to ignore. Definitely. So, I guess that. So that was pretty much the whole talk. I, I just wrapped up by saying that. Um, that. You know, the desktop as we know it pretty much started with uh, um, the mouse. Mm-hmm. And that was mid-80s. And that design really didn't change at all, ever. It just got better. So it just got yeah. like bigger hard drive, faster uh, processor, more memory, bigger screens. But it didn't ever change. No, I mean, and it still hasn't. I think... I think the biggest advancement that it's had right now is, uh, you know, I have a mouse with multi-touch on it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then, bang, you, you get, we get touchscreen smartphones, and it's like, whoa, this is this is a big deal. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So the, you know, the, basically, I think the the fundamental design of the 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 mouse-based computer, if you will, was pretty much nailed out of the gate. And and matured fairly quickly, and it just got incremental changes. Mm-hmm. And it, it took like what two thousand? It's like about twenty years or so. And I think the I think Apple nailed the pocket computer touchscreen interface device like out of the gate. Yeah. So that market, you know, and it's been five years. I feel like that that device is has already matured, and we're going to get incremental changes, but nothing radical. And you know how you know does anybody raise your hand if you think it's going to take longer for the next thing to come out than it did last time you know it's it's already been 5 years so you got to figure within 5 more we're going to have the next crazy thing yeah yeah another 5 to 10 years we're going to see a big shift again yeah definitely i think i think closer to 5 yeah yeah it and you know it's kind of to the point now where the i guess the next obvious place to go with it is is something that's more more physically more integrated yeah uh yeah so you you get into complications there because it deals starts to deal with a lot of neuroscience (laughs) so yeah i think there's a i think there is a a way to make it useful uh just using audio without you know probably so without going wet as it is as it were yeah like so, I was thinking about it as I was traveling, and I'm like, if I had a little, you know, like a person in my ear, basically, that was, um, you know, receiving my current location, GPS coordinates, um, could see me on a map, knew what was around me, knew what my intentions were, you know, that I needed to find a cab in five minutes. Basically, yeah. if imagine if you're if I was on the phone with Erica and she's at home at her at her computer, but she can plot me on a map. And right. she has my schedule. She's got a dashboard of what I need to worry about. And I could just be like, I, I could, you know, just be like, should I, which stairway should I, it'd be like Mission Impossible. Yeah. You yeah. Know? The, the trick is like, how do we, you know, you can't pay for a person like a sidekick <laughs> to, yeah. to be sitting there doing that. We have to have like some kind of either, uh, some of it has to be automated or do like a me- mechanical Turk kind of thing where, where that just gets handed off to humans that then become part of the system. I I think that's a lot more, I think that'll happen before we have like a brain implant. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) I'm just thinking something like that, you know, that would be as, as a person who can't see most things that would be extremely useful to have. Yeah. 
Yeah, imagine like, if oh, they... it's it's three blocks that way. I mean, even if even if I just had GPS in my ear, like really accurate GPS in my ear, mm-hmm. that I could tell it where I wanted to go. Yeah, big time. And imagine if that little earpiece stuck out just enough to put a uh, a three hundred sixty degree webcam, so that they could get a view of where you were and what was right around you. Yeah. Like, oh, watch out for that curb. You know. Exactly. Uh, I I mean it. The technology totally exists. The, only, the the right now the limitations are just getting it small enough so that it you don't look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean you could put Sm- the f- small enough with a good enough battery life and. Right. Yeah. All that. So like so that it's got a uh, uh, constant connection. So you need you basically need a really small long life battery, at least a twenty four hour battery or twelve, and uh, you know some kind of cellular cellular connection. And. You don't even need the webcam piece. That'd be nice, but and that's, you know, some yeah. way to configure, you know, the, obviously you need the software stack, but it's like, I don't know. It just seems totally, there's nothing, there's nothing crazy that has to be invented. It's just stuff needs to be shrunk down. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the next step is going to be, you know, something, something like an iPhone sized processor that you stick in your pocket and plug a, you know, plug an earphone into your ear that, that talks to that. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that. I th- I think that we might see a proof of concept like that, but I'll bet you that doesn't catch on for the same yeah. reason that Bluetooth like headsets, you hardly ever see Bluetooth headsets anymore. Yeah. You just don't see that many of them. And when you do, it's always like, it's always like a, a you know, businessman with a Blackberry. I don't know. You just never, I've been flying, you know, I fly a lot and I did not, I think I saw one Bluetooth headset the entire trip. Used to be a lot more than that. Yeah, I only know one person who ever used them consistently, mm-hmm. and I think she used it because she had a hearing problem, and it was easier for her to get the audio to the level where she could hear it. Hmm. Interesting. So I think we're in for some totally crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what else is going on? Uh, I spoke to our listener yesterday. Oh, I spoke to our listener too. We must have more than one. Oh wow! Unless we spoke to the same listener. I don't think so. I had uh, I had uh, a listener at BDConf. Oh no, we have two then. Yep. Jeez, we're gonna have to pluralize. I know our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about? Uh, actually, that was the one you referred. You actually referred to me. So. Uh oh! Right, right. Oh, right. That makes three. At least. No, oh, four. Wow. No, we have at least four. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll have to start counting on our on our left hand soon. <laughs> exactly. And the dude I met at, at BDConf, he, he also confirmed that uh, I was doing a terrible job with the volume levels. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad to see we've we finally got a hold of it for this, our 25th episode. Yes. Got a hang of it. Yes. Happy 25th anniversary. Yes, thank you. Podcast anniversary. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll assume my gift is in the mail. <laughs> You're probably getting me the same thing I got you, though. So. It, uh, space age headphones connected to the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a neural implant. Nice. You just inject it. Actually, mine. You just inject it under your skin and. Yeah. You know, sub subdural. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I was gonna, I wanted to. I ended up cutting this because it wasn't really relevant, but um, I, I was going to make a comment about how, you know, as soon as neural stuff and like wet technology exists, people will do it. And whenever I say that to someone in person, they're like, no way, no one's ever going to do that. And then people you know, are already doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not even you know, good yet. Yeah. People do weird things to their body. I, I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I'll put up, I'll say, you know, Oh, you think people wouldn't do that? And then pull up like a whole bunch of images of like people with body mods, and yeah. put, you know. But I, but you do a Google search for that, and then you want to close your computer. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of lose your, you'll lose your faith in humanity for a little while. Yeah, I this one chick cut her tongue in half and put a zipper in it. A zipper? Yeah, like an actual. It was like uh, a. I'm sure it wasn't a. I don't know if it was a functional zipper. It was probably just a piece of jewelry, but it was like her tongue was split in half, and it was like. A, so crazy. I mean, I've heard of people doing the split tongue thing before, which to me, I just. Ugh. Oh, but a, but a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I decided that would not be a good slide to show first thing in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> anyway, so you'll be happy to, uh, this is sort of two related topics. Um, you'll be happy to know that I took the plunge with Sublime Text 2. Mm-hmm. And I it's I can see why people like it. I do it's going to take some getting used to because I'm like TextMate is just like baked into my brain. Yeah. You know, all the keyboard commands and everything, but Sublime Text Tool has some nice features right away that you see that TextMate does not have that are pretty helpful. Yeah, but, and most of the TextMate plugins will work with it. It it does seem that way. So like yesterday um, I was, I finally got so embarrassed by my two year old site that I, that I designed in a way that I advise people not to do <laughs> that, you know, and all these, and I'm at BDConf and all these, all we're talking about is responsive web design and mobile first. Right. And I did my site completely backwards. And it was like, I finally, I became like mortified that anybody in the room was going to go to my site and embarrassed to refer people to it. Oh, I know. I didn't even want to link to my own site. So it was like, so I was like, uh, during Liza dangerous talk, Liza Gardner's talk, I, uh, uh, I just said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to throw away my CSS and redo it right now. Live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just my sublime text license, my trial ran out and I had to buy it. And was like, that's, <laughs> that's funny because I've, Unless they've recently changed it, the trial doesn't actually expire. You just get a nag screen every now and then that you can just escape out of. That you, one other person said that to me on Twitter as well, and it's I, I was like, I was like at you know panic frantic speed, so I probably didn't mm -hmm. read the dialogue, and I just clicked buy now, and uh, yeah, it it definitely the other button definitely didn't say continue with trial. No, I think we just cancel. Yeah, just I think a cancel it, button. Yeah, I think that is what it said. And I assumed cancel was going to close my text editor, so I was like, yeah. okay, I'll just buy. It. I mean, it's not that expensive, so. No. It's it's a it's a very good editor. It's you know, it's well worth the money. Mhm. Mm but I'll admit that I I I used it for a while. Quite some time before I bought it, and then I just I got to feeling so guilty because like I used it air all, you know, all the time every single day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you figure 60 bucks for a program you're using six hours a day, five days a week. <laughs> yeah. You know. It pays for itself pretty quickly. Yes. So, yeah. So, I, I was able to, in its, uh, in its uh, not in its defense, but it, it, it was very, I was impressed that um, I could use it out of the box and not be totally frustrated. So, like, they mapped a lot of the same keyboard commands from TextMate, you know, directly. And then there are other ones. Yeah that they didn't in it and then when i would investigate how to do that thing that i was trying to do with the keyboard command it was always it seemed like every time it was like wow there's way like that one feature of TextMate they broke into like 10 things in sublime <laughs> text so you couldn't use the same keyboard command but they're way yeah. more subtle about you know it was sublime <laughs> way more subtle about all the things you could do so i'm going to be i'm going to be looking around the interwebs for a uh, a TextMate to sublime text crash course you know, yeah so. i like it a lot yeah so definitely have to get Actually, my plugins put together though yeah i started using it back when i was on ubuntu oh really it's available yeah on linux. yeah it's linux windows mac wow it's all cross-platform wow but i started using it back when i was on uh on ubuntu because it was just there wasn't a good text make text mate like editor for for um linux mm-hmm Geez, that's you know, because I've been I've been want, I've been flirting with the idea of uh, installing Linux on my MacBook Air mm -hmm. because I'm getting so well. My irritation level has gone way down with Mountain Lion, so you know, I'm less likely to do it now. But I was ready to just throw that machine out when the when Mountain Lion first was released. Yeah. So, well, that's really good to know. One of the guys from uh, Cloud Nine IDE actually pinged me on Twitter and was like, "Next time around, give Cloud Nine a try." <laughs> which uh it I have tried it before in fact mm -hmm. it's pretty good you know cloud based editor yeah yeah i've heard good things about it i've never tried it integrates directly with github and, or is it github yeah and just yeah. or however you say that gists just just yeah so yeah. 
but yeah, so I was able to crank through. Um, I, I, in the hour that Liza was talking, I was listening to her buying Sublime Text, and <laughs> and uh, and I got the basic um, uh, mobile, just mobile, you know, mobile uh, small screen basically design going for my site, and then you know. Uh, and that took almost exactly an hour and it was at a reasonable state to leave it in. So I thought that was cool. And then I went to the airport and I did another hour in the airport doing like the, uh, larger screen sidebar style. And I did the responsive navigation. And yeah. I checked it this morning. It's starting to look a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I'm no designer. It's, it, it's really, it turned, it really turned in, I didn't change the design really. It just turned into a code refactoring exercise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I would say it took me it took me an hour and a half to get the basic layout stuff and then another hour and a half of pixel tweaking and then maybe another half hour of testing on, on uh, devices when I got home. Mm-hmm. And so check this out though. You know, I, again, I'm not a designer. It's just very, very simple site and you know, it, it's not, it's nothing great to look at, but it, it keeps it simple. And, and when I got home, I tested it on um, Blackberry bold old blackberry bold mm-hmm. a palm prey uh android let's see jelly bean and um ice cream sandwich and uh windows xp and a couple of browsers in xp a couple of browsers on uh windows or what is it windows 7 came after vista and I yeah. test, tested on every device I had except for my Kindle Fire because I can't find it. And, uh, oh, here it is. <laughs> and there was exactly one bug on all of those devices. There was only one mm. one bug, and it was that I used um, uh, I used actual header tags, section tags, and footer tags in the HTML. And the BlackBerry just totally didn't recognize them so no styles were applied whatsoever because the css had nothing to look at uh so i had to change it to so i had to change those to divs with class names to make it work on blackberry but uh could you just use like like an html shiv or something i didn't want to currently there's zero javascript in it at all so i I wanted to get it uh, i could have yeah um there's some there's some html5 uh uh, polyfill or something that does that but I was like yeah you know it's really not going to kill me if I change these tag names yeah I just wasn't sure if that would work on Blackberry uh, I don't know I don't know and the problem is that if if it didn't work which is if, if JavaScript wasn't going to work somewhere it would be on this Blackberry phone right so I was kind of like you know yeah sometimes it's easier just to go with the divs right in fact, that was that was a big part of Liza Gardner's talk. She's from uh, Cloud Four. Her and Jason Grigsby founded uh, Cloud Four, and I don't know if you're familiar with them. But... Uh, it probably came before Cloud Nine, didn't it? <laughs> They're getting there. <laughs> um, but the the they do they are really cutting edge with um, responsive web design, especially adaptive images. Jason's really forefront with adaptive images, and. Uh, you know she's done a bunch of major redesigns and is you know much more of a designer i think than i am and sweats the details more than i do you know like pixel perfect stuff yeah and uh um you know so she went through the it it was cool because her talk she's like she kind of apologized at first that her talk was gonna be kind of a bummer um, because she went through and, I mean, if I was going to just summarize it in one sentence, I'd say that, that she's like, you got to pick your battles and eventually just give up on, on things because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. Yeah. You just have to be like, it's good enough. Oh, here comes a monster back. Yes. And actually, if you don't mind, can we pause the tape for just a second? I have to deal with a dog. Okay. So I, I, while you were uh, going to get the dog, I pulled out my Kindle Fire, which turns out was in my bookcase over here, and uh, I have not turned this—I have not turned this thing on in so long. I didn't even know where it was, and I still have half a battery. Yeah, I noticed that about mine the other day. It's unreal. Yeah, it's like I turned it on for the first time since I got it, and I still had like seventy percent battery. It's crazy. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, so I just loaded up my site on it looks exactly like it's supposed to. Uh, works perfectly. Um, it's again, it's nothing nothing to write home about in terms of gorgeousness, but uh, it completely works. Very finger friendly. I can't. I have not seen any glitches whatsoever. Nice. nice. I'm actually starting on a starting on a new design today for a for a client slash friend. <laughs> And we uh, we worked uh, did did some work on the design first part of the week, and I'm going to start doing the coding today, and it'll be, it'll be you know mobile first, responsive design, and all that. So yeah, yep. It's uh, I mean it's amazing how much code I cut out. I mean I had I could check, but I, you know my CSS file is probably a couple hundred lines long, and that's like a very verbose style too. I mean it's probably only yeah. you know it's probably like it's probably like 50 lines of CSS if I uh, if I didn't add so many new lines just for readability. Right. right. Yeah. Actually, and I was telling someone yesterday I found, and I, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sure it's not true on everything, but I found it to be true on a couple of projects that I've done now. That um, you know, when you take the sort of progressive enhancement, mobile first approach, mm -hmm. even even when you get up to like the desktop size, you end up with code that's smaller and cleaner. Yeah. It's weird. It's like how it's like how did how did it not be like that before? Yeah. You know, I'm like I've created a site that now works in more places with less code. Yeah. It's awesome. So the in and the reverse is like it's like so hard to go the other way that people like rip responsive web design's impossible. I think well you're going doing it in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. I did. A, I have an example file that I use when I'm teaching responsive web design. That I I broke out my style style rules in a way that I never normally do, uh, just mm -hmm. so that I could walk through them from top to bottom and ex start with easy stuff and get to the harder stuff. Yeah. And I'm actually thinking about doing it like like from now on, which is is um, now normally what I do is, you know, you know me. It's like I want everything alphabetized, but you can't. You can't do that yeah. with selectors and CSS because of the way the cascade works. Right. But uh, but I you know alphabetize all my rules. But you know if I have a bunch of rules for the like header nav, I'm gonna create you know create the selector and put all the rules in there. Right. But in this example file, what I did was at the top, I did all this. I did all the stuff, the most global stuff at the top. So I started with just colors. Mm -hmm. So the whole top is just colors. And then the next thing is just type styles. And then the next area is, uh, I think the next area is layout. So, 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 yeah. if I, so I know exactly in the document where to go if I need to change a color and if I need to change all the colors, you know what I mean? Like if I need to change yeah. a color everywhere, I just go to this section and find, you know, and then, and, and down at the bottom, that's where all the layout type stuff is. So that's where you'd put things like, um, margin and padding and position absolute and top right whatever yeah uh and it from a from a it's it's almost like a style guide would read so if you were going to write a style guide mm -hmm. it would be it's i don't know it's more like that but i don't know I, i'm gonna play around with that because i've never been I've never really um been happy with css organization yeah, I find using less actually helps a lot with organization because then I can, I can break things out into their own files where they make more sense, and then just compile them in in what seems like a logical order once right. I'm done. Yeah, that's this, and this is probably the time that I'm gonna make the leap to, uh, to one of those. You think less is the, it's what is it? Compass. What is compass in the? Uh, compass. Well, compass uses SAS, and SAS is similar to less, but compass has. Compass probably has a lot more built into it in terms of like, sort of functionality that you can add, like just pull in from the Compass framework. Mm -hmm. But I usually find that I'm not doing anything that really needs that much stuff, so I just go with less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> less. But you know, in, <laughs> yeah, less. But in terms in terms of syntax, they're they're almost interchangeable. Mm -hmm. com, uh, com, uh, SAS and less mm -hmm. are almost interchangeable. And so, and like, do you, does that, I know we've had this conversation before, but just to refresh my memory and the listener, um, the, does sublime text or like, like, is there a way to, um, to 
kind of make that integrated or do you have to set up some like command line that's thing that process that's listening to a directory uh well for uh for one there are uh bundles that you can install for sublime text to do the syntax highlighting for sas and less mm -hmm. but cool. as far as as far as actually compiling them um uh, Compass, Compasses, or SAS is—it's actually a Ruby gem, mm -hmm. and then you can you can run it from the command line to you know monitor your directory. Mm -hmm. And less, there are less compilers, and you can also like compile less at runtime with JavaScript, but that's not really recommended outside of like a test environment. Oh right, right, right. I've seen that. Like, less like you never, you never want to, like you never want to compile at runtime in production. Right, right, right. But that but, actually uh, that answers a question I was about to ask, which is is that when I'm when I'm doing development, it's almost always on a remote server. Yeah. Because I have to connect like ten devices to it. I'm not going to try and like point them all. You know, figure out the network BS to get them connected to my local laptop. Yeah. So like, do you? If I was going to, so it sounds like if I was going to do that, then less.js would be the way to go during development. Yeah, that or run Compass on the server, or, or go with com or go with Compass and, and you know run it on the server. Yeah, I guess. But actually, I I use CodeKit to you know to compile less files. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Can you describe it again? Um, yeah, CodeKit is an app that'll it'll do all kinds of things. It'll do image optimization, um, JavaScript JavaScript compression, and um, you know, sort of run JS lint on it and compile Compass and SAS and. You know, let you let you set up frameworks, CSS and JavaScript frameworks in uh, in CodeKit, and then import them into projects and hmm. and that kind of thing. So you know, it does it does all kinds of stuff. It's a desktop application, right? Yeah, a desktop application for Mac. It's like twenty bucks. Hmm. Interesting. So is it is it kind of like is it kind of like uh, sounds like a like sort of combination like library snippet library slash storage well it's kind of like a workroom almost yeah it's, it it's not like. really a, it's not really a snip, snippet library i mean i don't know well like if you had if you were what do you mean when you say that stuff you can import into like if you like you add a um like say you're say you use bootstrap a lot right you can go in and and add bootstrap under the frameworks in um CodeKit, and then you start up a new project you know, instead of copying files over and setting it up and all that stuff, you just once your project's added to CodeKit, you just click a button and and there's Bootstrap added and oh cool dropped in for you and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so snip yeah snippet is kind of an understatement, but it is kind of <laughs> kind of what I meant. Like it it it's like a more I guess like a file manager for all the frameworks and then yeah yeah and it'll do you know hinting hinting and linting and compression and mm. minification and image optimization and. How does it, what kind of hinting, like, cause you're not developing in that, you're not developing in no, CodeKit. No, so. you, you develop, develop in your editor and then it runs, you know, runs the, um, the scripts and checks and what have you, whenever you save files. So it'd say something like, um, I don't know, it would be like your, your, you forgot some semicolons in your JavaScript or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've got one here, uh, got one here in a list file, um, you know. Parse, parse error, missing closing bracket in, you know, file path, and, you know, the file name on, you know, column 30 of line 109 kind of thing. Mm. Cool. Do they have, I wonder if we should link to like a, um, a video, if, if there is one of the, uh, of somebody using that. Yeah, I think there's a video on the website. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I'll, I'll check it out. Do, uh, it also manages like live reload in Chrome and Safari and that kind of stuff. So mm. Nice. Do you install like a like a CodeKit plugin in the browser or something? Uh, no, it actually uses uses APIs, browser APIs, I believe. Cool. Wow. Very nice. Yeah, I like it a lot. Definitely, definitely worth the twenty bucks. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that sounds good. CodeKit. Oh, twenty five. Sorry. <laughs> Inflation. Guess the price has gone up. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, they have a they have a free trial. Cool. Yeah, I'll check that out today. I've got uh 
um, it's funny. I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's a couple more things I could do to my site. And I, I'm like, if I'm totally honest with myself, I know I'm not going to do them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I could, I could, I, I kind of want to refactor the CSS cause I know someone's, I know people are going to look at it and I just want to clean it up. Right. But, uh, cause I just was like spraying it in there like crazy. Uh, but I, I'm gonna, I, I, I could add some JavaScript and, uh, you know, yeah. then I have to test it. <laughs> <laughs> Debug it. Yeah. I'd rather yeah, put, I don't think there's, uh, there's, there's, sorry, I was, I was wrong. There's very minimal JavaScript on mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like for that center image slideshow thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, I'm certainly not recommending that people shouldn't be using JavaScript in their sites, but mine's just so simple and I just don't want to spend the time to like mess around with it. Oh, you know what? The the big yeah. thing I have to do is the big thing I have to do is get off WordPress for my blog. Oh yeah. Because the Margo. Yeah. Because the, uh, the, so I've got, I've got two right now. My blog still the old format, which is, you know, it's, it's just a default theme mm-hmm. and it's not mobile friendly. It's readable on mobile, but it's not like it could be a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And it's like I I don't want to I don't want to like go and try and maintain two different, you know, it's got a different HTML structure and it's got mm-hmm. I would have to write the CSS and like make sure they both worked and then fight with WordPress. And WordPress is fine, but I don't really need it, so Right. Right. I kind of I kind of want to get off Tumblr and just use Fargo. But at this point, it's like I have so much there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like not worth it. Yeah, not I, worth moving. I, I don't even know how. I mean, I I at one point did a um a an XML dump out of out of WordPress mm-hmm. just to see what it would look like, and I'm like, well, theoretically, I could parse this and like turn it into something. Yeah, you know, turn it into basically. I I just need I just need to rip the HTML out of each page. And I've got like you know, four hundred blog posts. I suppose I could just do them. You know, start with the popular ones and then go. Yeah, I mean that's, it's not a huge amount. I mean I've got like, uh, I've got like five hundred in mine. Hmm. So I mean I like WordPress, but it's just you know it's it's always been. Uh, I didn't do my entire site in WordPress, so it's always I've always had this dichotomy between the two things. So I don't even link to my blog from my site because the it's I mean I link to it, but it's not in the navigation because it would be this jarring yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Like I link to it at the bottom of the bottom of the site, but right. yeah, I think I got more than I thought. I've got close to a thousand posts. Jeez. Since January. So. <laughs> Because I know after after I had my eye surgery, because I was blogging about all of that, and and after I had my eye surgery, in a in a moment of of anger and frustration, I got mad and I deleted all of those and started over. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, so really, really, what uh, the next thing I'm going to do is going to be like fixing the content, getting the blog stuff pulled over. I'm not going to be messing around with the design. It's good enough for me. So. I'm going lowest common denominator. Sorry, speaking of of um, design and blogs and things like that, I did do a small update to Pulp. Oh yeah. Yeah, like nothing major. Like I upgraded upgraded jQuery to the latest version because I I include jQuery in it and um, fixed a couple of bugs in the default CSS and I added a um, a responsive grid just like for prototyping type stuff. Oh, cool. And it's all, you know, the grid is, the grid and and what have you are all out in their in their own less files, so you can import them and use them use them or not. Cool. I mean, that's that sounds great. <laughs> people, people should check that out. I ended up like I I said before, I was like, oh, I'm gonna use Bootstrap or maybe I'll try, you know, the the and it's like finally I was just like ah, start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I did. Uh, I I was very happy. I guess I guess I'm gonna keep talking about BDcom. <laughs> I was really happy to hear um, a couple of people who had gone through real live 
projects, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they would kind of, they kind of did case study type stuff where they said, you know, here was, here was the business case. Here was the desktop app. You know, first we went through this decision process about whether or not we were going to try and modify existing or start from scratch and blah, 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 blah. And all the different talks, everybody came to the same conclusions that we have, which is that uh, it's, it's easier and better in, in the vast majority, you know, every case I've seen so far, I would say a hundred percent, but I'm, you know, it's, that's, that's a lot. I'm sure there's, there's always an outlier. There's always exceptions, but, uh, but everybody was like, the move is to start from scratch with a mobile site and realize that you're planting the seed for the future desktop site. Mm-hmm. And as, as the mobile site, you know, done with responsive principles, as it gets more and more robust and you, you, you know, you know, it's more than just media queries, but as you make it nice for larger screen sizes, eventually the old site can die and you just, you know, change the URL. Right. So a lot of, at least three people said that. And then based on, and not just like in theory, like from direct experience that that was the way to go. And another thing that came up more than once was um, writing JavaScript from scratch and not, not using libraries. And in almost everybody who said that then immediately said, I do use jQuery, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, um, I, there was even some people knocking modernizer, mm. which, uh, I hadn't heard before and, and, you know, had, uh, uh, you know, cases where it was, it was wrong, not because modernizer is bad, but just because it's yeah. the browser just doesn't, you know, it was more, it was less a knock against modernizer and more a, uh, more a statement that you just need to at a certain point cut bait and stop worrying about certain things on you know right, fringe right. opera mini I, on a nokia yeah <laughs> like i think it's it's kind of rare that i've used used all of modernizer on a project but i've quite often picked out bits and pieces of it yeah that's usually what i do too so geez i guess uh i don't have a lot else to talk about i don't either i've had a lot of you know, I've had a lot of things going on this week, but it's little things for projects that aren't yet completed, so I can't really talk about them. Right. Because you know, they're they're for other clients, not things that we've worked on together. And some of it I'm really excited to, to show off, but. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a ton of stuff going on, but it's not interesting to talk about, really. Like, I've got <laughs> the new, you know, I've got it. Now that BDConf is behind us, I can uh, get back to working on the new book, which is... Yeah. You know, Friday I'm supposed to have half the chapters done, and I've got exactly one done so far. So I've got a a lot of writing to do this week. Yeah, yeah. And recording videos, and I've got uh, just scheduled another online training workshop for October. So hopefully, people will nice uh, sign up for that. Nice. Well, all right. I guess we can uh, call it a day. It sounds like Cooper's trying to break down the door anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, as actually as Rails Rumble gets closer, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about on that. Oh yeah. Doing some planning on that app, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, that's October, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be nice the the podcast after the competition to just kind of go through the whole process. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping hoping it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for I don't care if I win. I just want to get it done. Well, it would be nice though. It'd be nice to win. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't complain. All right, so that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shape. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.